0: Boxers, trainers, fight fans, members of the gym, welcome back to the No Decision Podcast. It is Wes Ibarra. Alongside me is Jared Joy Villapondo. All right, Joy, everybody has showed up. We got four rounds. A very explosive four rounds, as a matter of fact. You ready to work it out? I'm ready. All right. Ding, ding. Let's open up round one. I know I just said ding ding, but holy crap! Round one is a ding dong. <laughs> we got a ding dong alert, folks. And once again, a ding dong alert means someone got knocked the fuck out. And that person happens to be Miguel Burchell, hmm. who was the WBC junior featherweight champion, and he was fighting 20 and 0 challenger from Mexico, Oscar Valdez. Hmm. Now. Oscar Valdez is a very good fighter coming out of the Eddie Reynoso gym. Yeah. And Burchell, Everyone knows who Burchell is in that landscape. He was a champ. He was a frequent target of uh, a Shakur Stevenson. And these two were pretty much on a crash course to meet Shakur at some point. And this fight was held over ESPN Plus in Las Vegas, the MGM bubble. And... Though Burchell was a favorite, despite having that one loss on his record, or two losses now. He got KO'd in the 10th round on a very, very hard right, if I'm correct, right?
1: Uh, to left, I think.
0: Oh, left, hard yeah. left, that just laid him out flat. <laughs> and unfortunately for Burchell, he was actually way behind on the scorecards. cards. Right like Valdez came to fight and Burchelt was just hanging on and trying to play catch-up. But impressive win by Oscar Valdez. He seems to be on the fast track to be fighting Shakur Stevenson for that junior lightweight title and for the division, really. Right. So, Joy, what are your reactions to this upset slash potential KO of the year slash new champion?
1: I was I was quite surprised. Um, I thought Burchelt was gonna overpower him, um, but it seems as though I mean he he Burchelt felt that as well. And early in the rounds, um, you know, you could tell that Burchelt was trying to out outmuscle uh, Valdez, and he got caught, right? Um, Burchelt, I've, you know, he he does quite swing wide um, when he does throw his punches, but. When he got caught, I thought, you know, he would kinda of learn his lesson. Um he did, you know, he, he, he started to kind of read Valdez's um jabs, which I thought was the difference in the fight. Valdez's jabs was, was he was he was pretty good at uh jabbing um that night. And so but yeah, uh I'm really impressed with Valdez. Um Valdez kinda of came in there, you know, because B- Birchhelt was more of the, the aggressor throughout the fight. And Valdez counter punched you know as best as he could and i am really impressed he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of uh Juan Manuel Marquez but um you know kind of the difference is Juan would sometimes be aggressive when he needed to uh Valdez was kind of just waiting for his for his opportune moment
0: oh, absolutely um I would also like to mention that Valdez was moving pretty well right in the yeah. ring too And uh, I was uh, telling you, Joyce, we were watching the fight together that this could have been a crash course for, like, a Marco Antonio Barrera, Eric Morales-style fight where the two are just literally just going to stand there and try and kill each other. (laughs) But that really wasn't the case. Uh, Like you said, Valdez knew how to time Burchelt and uh, counterpunch him while Burchelt tried his best to do what his MO is, which is to aggressively pressure Oscar Valley's and unfortunately it didn't work out right um it could have been valid for Burchelt's corner to actually stop the fight right so that way that ding dong doesn't happen because (laughs) for those that did not watch the fight it should be all over the internet by now Mm. he he got knocked down not too long before got up was fighting and was pretty much out of it at that point yeah no equilibrium punches were going nowhere and there was an instance where he tried to hit him with a right missed, and then Valdez countered with the left and then the lights went down Went Berchelt went down to one knee and it ended up stomach sleeping on the canvas and oh my gosh that was a scary looking sight
1: right right absolutely and and you know like I said um Berchelt, for some reason he he looked like he was punching very wide in this fight. Um, even more so when he got hurt, um, he was just kind of off, out on his, out on his feet. But uh, yeah, uh, it was pretty much the same combination that Burchell was kind of using, that kind of that he was comfortable with in the early rounds, that ultimately put him to sleep.
0: Yeah, it's it's unfortunate and unfortunate for Burchell. Wonderful for Valdez, and I hope Burchell is okay. And yeah. speaking of Valdez, uh, what do you think is next for him?
1: oh, Shakur, Shakur Stevenson. Uh, I think, you know, he is now the biggest target for Shakur Stevenson, right? Uh, But, I mean, you know, the, you still got to, you know, you still got to talk these through probably another six more months. Um, but yeah, pretty much, yeah, Uh, I mean, that's probably the biggest, I mean, fight that I could probably see because like you said, right? Shakur has been calling out Burchelt and now, you know, Burchelt is kind of, uh, I would hope that Burchelt is going to take a little bit of time off. Um, you know, possibly a Valdez Stevenson.
0: Okay. Well, we'll see. I would like to see that fight. Right. Like I mentioned earlier, this could shake up the landscape of that division. Right. Or I got it wrong. It was junior lightweight, not junior featherweight. Right. Granted, those two could have fought there, and it probably could have <laughs> had the same result almost. Right. But anyhow, congrats to Valdez on being the new WBC junior lightweight champion. Sweetie recovery to Miguel Burchell and Shakur Stevenson. Keep being you, Shakur Stevenson. <laughs> All right, that is the end of round one. Round two, we go to another beginning about Billions. Hmm. And to some of you critics, another bum. (laughs) Adrian, the problem, Broner, Hmm. entered his most recent fight at 33-4-1 versus... Uh, versus Santiago, 14-0-1, going into the fight. This fight was held on Showtime, welterweight 147 bout, 12 rounds over over Showtime at Uncasville, Connecticut. Now, this was the kind of fight where, for Santiago, it could have been a moderate level up if he wins. As for Broner, if he wins, he stays active in boxing, if not then we got a serious problem no pun intended <laughs> and for me joy it looked like Santiago did enough to win mm. Mm. however how to turn tables <laughs> I believe it was 116 112 and then 117 111 117 111. To Adrian, the problem Broner who improves to thirty four four and four, while Santiago, uh, in, um, inherits his first loss. Right. Now, my reaction, Joy, is what the hell?
1: <laughs>
0: How about you? I mean,
1: yeah. Uh, at the night of the fight, I did think that um, Santiago was ahead in the scorecards now Broner did do a a, a well job a a great job in the latter half of the fight um, to kind of even up the scorecards or you know kind of close the gap but at the at the night of the fight I thought that Santiago had done enough to win and I thought that this was you know quite a big upset because truth be told I've never heard of Santiago uh, and if Broner had lost to Santiago, someone you know who, I mean Broner was pretty much the favorite to win the fight, right? But it turned the other way. I thought that Santiago did really well in the beginning of the of the of the fight, and Adrian Broner, right? We we talked about this a lot, Wes. Um, the, I mean I, I think everyone talks about it, right? His his biggest problem is that he doesn't let his hands go, and. Compubox agrees. Um, he doesn't like to let, let his ants go. He likes to go for accuracy. The problem is, he didn't even win that, you know, according to Compubox. Uh, Santiago was a little bit more accurate than Broner when you kind of go down the sheets. Um, but yeah, uh, kind of disappointing. Uh, I did watch the fight a second time this morning. And I actually kind of scored it as the fight went along. And I actually had Santiago win by two rounds. So, you know, tough, tough break. You know, Um, a lot of people say, you know, this is boxing. I wouldn't, I don't like that because, you know, you know, this is a a sport that I, I love and I like, and, you know, this is a sport where a lot of these fighters make a lot of sacrifices. And so... Yeah, uh, it kind of sucks just to see that decision.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm pretty disappointed in the decision, too. Um, I had it 116-112 for Santiago. Right. And I don't know where the hell those judges (laughs) got those scores, but it is what it is. Adrian Broner is a winner, as unbelievable as it is to say. Uh, to be honest with you, Joe, I did not stick around for the post-fight interview because we all know how those go with that guy.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, I will say this. I mean, I don't wish, you know, Broner to lose or, like, anything like that. I I actually kind of like Adrian, right? there, He does kind of have a soft side when you kind of look through all the 24-7s or, like, the, uh, you know, the kind of, like, the, the fight camp that goes through. Um, you know of course he is a very flashy guy but you know he he does have respect for a lot of the legends that are in the sport but yeah uh, again it's just frustrating because I, I think Broner can be really good he can be a really good fighter it's just that he doesn't let his hands go and a lot of times he becomes he, he goes into this defensive shell
0: Well, Joy, you said can. He's already past his prime. Right. So Mm. what else is there? I think what you're trying to say, Joy, is that he tries too much to be like Floyd and not like Adrian Broner. Mm. So he pretty much sold his soul to the Mayweather (laughs) scheme or whatever you want to call it. Right. But anyhow, he wins. He's a winner. He's... Fighting at 147. So, where do we go from here with the problem?
1: Yikes. One, I mean, the welterweight division is not the division you want to be if you're going to try to, you know. Oh, well, I guess it is. I guess, you know, if you're going to revive your career, this is probably the division to do it in. Um, but there's a lot, there's quite some fights that I would like to see Adrian Broner, um, you know, kind of go through, but again, like, you know, he's fought this guy, you know, he, he fought Santiago, Giovanni Santiago, which I've never heard of. I've never heard of this guy and I'm quite impressed with Giovanni, um, but still, right? Like. I mean, who does he fight now? Right, Wes? We, we, we spoke about this. I think Groner could go down in weight. He could go down to super lightweight. Um, you know, 140 pounds is usually where, it's pretty much where he found his success. And there's kind of, uh, mm, yeah, there's kind of a lack of superstar power in the super lightweight division. So, I think you should go over there try to you know establish yourself again as a fighter it's not gonna hurt because he's gonna he's gonna go down and wait instead of you know going up or staying at 147 so I think he should go down and wait see who you know he can fight um, see who who wants to kind of go you know in the ring with Adrian Broner I'm pretty sure there's a lot of guys who wants to go against Adrian Broner, um, especially after all the things, you know, he would say, especially, you know, in the lead-up to the fight. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my... That's how I see it.
0: Okay. Well, I, to be honest, do not have an answer Mm. for that. I mean, 147, yeah, they're really outside of Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Bud Crawford, your Danny's Ugas, Manny Pacquiao, there isn't really much else for him to do, especially given that if he fought all four guys, one of them fighting, one of them again, he'd probably lose all four.
1: I, w- I would like to see, you know what, now that you brought it up, perhaps a fight with Danny Garcia. Um, sure. They're, they're yeah, kind of not? coming off of a loss together, so, you know, I mean... You, you guys know you know how much I like Danny Garcia I think he's actually got some technique um but yeah I, I think I like that fight I, I would like that fight
0: and also I would believe that um Mikey Garcia is still at 147.
1: Mikey Despite Garcia being yes he is one of the
0: better one of the better fighters of his generation at 140 right
1: yeah yeah, but yeah. We'll, we'll see he's we'll also see. yes
0: uh, we'll see how it goes, but for, for now, congratulations to Adrian Broner.
1: Right.
0: And congratulations to Giovanni Santiago. Hell of A hell of a performance.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: All right. Round three. Uh, Povetkin, Alexander Povetkin, Dillian White 2. It was supposed to be March 6th, I believe. But now it's moved to March 27th in a nice place called Gibraltar. (laughs) I have never heard of a fight being staged in Gibraltar. Now, Gibraltar is a nice place. Don't get me wrong. But holy cow, that's a first. (laughs) Uh, Given that both guys are still pretty relevant in the heavyweight division,
1: Mm.
0: it's going to bring a lot of press to the area. And as a matter of fact, it might actually provides some resolution to this rivalry so joy what is your reaction to the fight being moved again this time in a place where no one would expect but could turn out to be pretty okay
1: i think uh we mentioned this before right wes um i thought that when povetkin and dillian white first went head to head and of course dillian white got knocked out um they Like, I think it was, like, a couple days later, they announced Povetkin White 2, which I thought was way too early. Um, I think they had it at December at that time, which, again, was way too early. So, I'm kind of glad that they moved it to March 27th, right? You should never... Well, they moved
0: it a couple times. Right,
1: right. But I'm saying, like, you know, I'm glad because, um... You know after you get knocked out you shouldn't just get back to the ring um, make sure that you know you're completely healthy uh, and yeah Delian white is is quite a, a character he, he he can be a little bit hard to to fall in love with but you know he's still he's still one of these fighters right he's still one of these guys that you know pretty much put a lot to into the sport and we just saw Burchell get knocked out and we we were kind of scared when he wasn't moving for like 5 minutes so yeah you know um but yeah Gibraltar Gibraltar I don't know why I just said it like that but yeah I've never really heard uh Gibraltar kind of hosting fights so this is this is kind of uh this is interesting right um I think there is going to be you know, quite a big press, um, so we we will see, we will see for for this fight. Um, I don't know if there, it's if it's gonna end with conclusions for this rivalry, but we will see.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited to watch it. Mm. I'll be tuned in for that fight. Um, a part of me feels like Kovetkin is gonna win again, Ooh. but hey. Wow. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. My my thing is, if you've gotten, if you already gotten ding donged by AJ, chances are, <laughs> chances are, you know. But, all right, that's the end of it. So again, uh, Pavek and White to moved to March twenty seventh in Gibraltar. Let us know what you think about that, and if there's anyone from the country, let us know. Let us know how you feel. about this fight being staged in your home country. But that is the end of round three, going to round four. Joy, I want to talk about another boxer that seems to have garnered waves on the internet.
1: Mm.
0: And no, I'm not talking about Ryan Garcia. We've had enough Ryan Garcia talk for the past couple
1: months. Mm.
0: But this guy is also undefeated, like Ryan G. This guy's name is Brandon Lee. (laughs) 21-0, 21 and 0, Korean Mexican fighter out of California. I, like I said, very, uh, very uh, popular on the internet. Right. You could say he has a similar perception to Ryan Garcia. Has not been tested yet. Has not fought anyone, of anyone of caliber. Right. Boxrec has him as a two and a half star boxer. Hmm. However, he is a knockout artist. And we we would love to see how he does against someone that can give him a test. Right. Now, Joy, I don't know how much film study you've done on Brandon Lee. I've only watched one fight and a whole thing of Instagram and YouTube (laughs) videos. What do you think about this guy?
1: You know what? Um, He looks like a pretty good fighter, but. I don't think he's a boxer, um, you know. And there's a difference, right? Um, fighters they, they like to they like the brawls, right? They like mm-hmm. they like to fight in bars, and they like to you know grab anything that they can to use as a weapon. Uh, well, Brandon Lee actually has a lot of he, he's pretty big, he's pretty well built. Um, from the fights that I have seen him in, um, he is he relies a lot on his power which can be, I get it, it can be intoxicating, uh, but don't let that negate your ability to learn how to box, right? We've seen it before, guys who fall in love with their power try to, you know, kind of just stay um, getting powerful, and they don't kind of learn how to use all that power. Um, But, you know, he's young. Um, one thing I do like is he's 5'10", which, you know, super lightweight, 5'10", you know, lightweight is super lightweight is definitely not going to be the weight that he finishes his career in if, you know, it blossoms into something a little bit bigger, but yeah, you know, um, I, he is quite popular around, um, social media or like the internet, you know he's not in that level of ryan garcia where you know he kind of just pulls a lot of you know crowds and he he has a lot of fans but like you said Wes, right he he's quite unproven um and kind of just looking at boxing wreck um he fought i think he fought a guy that had like four straight losses so just not a lot of substance there yet right uh, but we will see.
0: We will see. Interesting, Joy. I really like that take. And, yeah, I would want Brandon Lee to fight his version of Luke Campbell. Right? Mm. He needs someone to give him a test. I don't know who that is. Right. I don't know when it's going to happen. But Hopefully I do soon. want him to do well. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, and as a matter of fact... Um, as I see, or as I have in my notes here, I feel like he has a similar perception to Ryan Garcia. Okay. And you said 5'10 with power. Yeah, who also happens to be 5'10 with power? And happens to pull a lot of impressions on the internet. So <laughs> it makes me wonder if this is the future of boxing joy. Right. Are we going to find our next round of town or that that Next, once in a generation, talent via the internet. It's ooh. not about. It's not about visiting hundreds of amateur fights anymore. Ooh. Could Man. it be that could could we be heading towards such a uh, such a environment?
1: Um. Ooh. Uh. It, I hope not. You know. Um. You know. That's just my personal opinion. Um. But. You know like i said there's a lot of really good fighters out there that don't get recognition um that don't you know get the the social media follows that you know lomachenko is pretty much he only has like what uh 18 professional fights Uh to his name and but he's had a stellar um amateur career and you know Part of that is because he wasn't getting the attention that he needed as a boxer right he, he was just super he's super talented super skilled Um, but you know he's 30 32 you know and, and that kind of says a lot about you know how much exposure he's had to, to to the media and but Brandon Lee has something that you know going for him that not a lot of uh, fighters get and, and that is media exposure right uh, at least he's at least his name is being circled around in social media which is good uh, it's probably gonna promote him to you know a bigger fight than he probably would have liked like earlier in his career so right we'll see we'll see and like we said right the super or the lightweight division the super lightweight division doesn't have A lot of big names and so hopefully brandon lee can be that big name for now
0: for sure and members of the gym i would like for you all to give us your thoughts on brandon lee Mm -hmm. is do you think he has a similar perception to ryan garcia do you think he can be a future world champion multiple world champion multiple division world champion or can he be a quote-unquote, greatest of all time, like his internet counterpart claims that uh, to be. (laughs) Let us know. Let us know. But, Joy, that is the end of our four-round sparring session. I enjoyed talking about Berchel and Valdez, Broner Santiago, Rebecca White, and Brandon Lee with you, as I always do in the boxing landscape and having our members of the gym come by and listen to the both of us and probably learn something about the sport. Right. But before we close out tonight, do you have anything you want?
1: Uh, no, Pretty much just good night.
0: All right. Well, before I turn off the lights, if you're into cars that look like arrows driving around, <laughs> twists and turns at over 200 miles an hour, check out the Run It Back podcast. I almost said no decision, twice. The (laughs) Run It Back podcast on the same channel, the Wes and Joy channel on YouTube and Wes and Joy show on Spotify. Joy is the lead there. He and I get to talk about the landscape of Formula One racing. Every now and then, we also get to talk about other racing and joke around with drivers and their teams and maybe their managers. But nonetheless, the landscape of what's going on And this week we talk about new cars being released, engines being renamed, what cars look great, what cars don't look so great, amongst other things. Well, we're closed now. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. But for what it's worth, we'll open up next week and we'll have a fresh set of rounds for everyone to take part in. But until then, for Joy Villapondo, I'm Wes Ibarra. Have a great night.